So welcome back. You're back on Twitter. Yes, I am back on Twitter, Ben. I'm glad that Team Elon made the right decision and restored my free speech today. So yet again, I'm back in the mainstream. Um, yet again, a peer of the likes of Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. And I feel as though um, Whoopi Goldberg is going to be my rival now that yeah. I'm back in the mainstream. That's fair. In the discourse. Because we did talk about the parallels between you and Whoopi. It's, mm-hmm. it's down to the almost every detail, but you're on different sides of the political aisle. <laughs> Yes. But so much in common otherwise. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's commonalities between all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. We're all we're all God's children, aren't we? So we're getting really positive. Um, you woke up in a great mood because you now have 75,000 ears that you didn't have access to as of yesterday. Right. And that's going to change a lot of things for the trajectory of your career. Well, sure. I'm just glad to be back on and setting a good example for the young people, you know, in the true thing. I feel as though I deserve a Pulitzer Prize for investigative journalism because I was vindicated on uh, Fauci funding the Wuhan lab, which I reported in April 2020. I was vindicated on the Ashley Biden diary about the daddy-daughter showers with Sleepy Creepy Joe. I was vindicated on the entire scandemic, frankly. But I feel like now that I'm back on Twitter, not only do I deserve a Pulitzer Prize, but I can go to the next level and really go for the Nobel Prize in literature with some of my tweets. I want to put my tweets up next to the body of work of Maya Angelou, yeah. you know, like Robert Frost level poetry. Like I want people to think, you know, who's carrying on the legacy of Maya Angelou? And then they'll look at my Twitter, you know, at least a Kennedy Center honor, something like that. Yes. And as the great Dan Mitchell said, he could definitely see the correlation with Maya Angelou. Robert Frost, yeah. I don't know. You might have some work to do, but I, you're definitely getting better. And you're, you said you're going to behave yourself this time around. <laughs> I, I am going to um, take the conversation up to a new level, a, a new level of consciousness, you know? Yes, yes. Positivity, uh, personal responsibility. Sure. Friends, family, right? Um, how, how do you feel about all that? What, what, what do you think is the secret to happiness in this realm? You know, I was... I was out there for a while, you know, Siberia chopping wood like in Rocky Four, basically, yes. in the digital realm, yes. you know, and I learned a lot. You know, it's like when your Twitter gets taken away from you, when your online presence basically gets taken away from you, who are you really? You stare into the abyss and you see the abyss staring back at you. It's been said before. But then you learn about who you are as a man. And it's like, do I even need this Twitter? Do I need these tweets? And the answer is, I don't need my Twitter but America needs me to have a Twitter. The world. Really. International, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I would say. All, of, all across this uh, this globe. Worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of like Dr. Dre, not in the sense that, you know, because Dr. Dre criticized Ye. So Dr. Dre came out on the side of the establishment. Not real Dr. Dre, but the persona of Dr. Dre, still DRE, still got love for the streets, you know. Guess who's back? So how do you feel to be a part of the world's most expensive and best podcast? Because now you're going to be a regular The Radicalized co-host. Podcast here. The Radicalized Podcast. Live from Venice Beach on these beautiful boats. We pretty much own the entire slip. You know, as far as the eye can see, it's money for us. Mm-hmm. It's behind. This interview will be free. But uh, generally, it's behind a 300, well, a $279 paywall. Mm. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. Per month. <laughs> So, yeah, we're honored to have you. This is actually the first episode. Not true, by the way. I don't <laughs> it, it, it is true. We can bring up the Patreon. I'll show you. $279.99 per month. Oh. 
we're not anticipating a great number of listeners because part of the trick, again, no, we're still going to do free episodes. We're yeah. still going to give the people what they need. Right. But when it comes down to just something they want, we're going to charge them uh, tremendously. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, it's it's slight. It's it's comparable to, let's say, your car payment. What kind of premium content are they going to be getting? They're going to be getting behind the scenes. They're going to be getting some of the cut stuff. They're going to be getting the bloopers. Um, yeah, blooper reels. We're sure. talking about letting people, um, you know, if they subscribe for a full year, giving them, like, little vacations on some of these boats and stuff like the that. The more offensive content that gets cut out of the yeah, yeah. regular... You can say anything on the actual Radicalized podcast. Right. And we're happy to have you on it. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be cool. Now we have uh, we have access. I, I was watching when you first discovered my music. You were the first one to play me on Infowars and all these things. You compared me to Randy Newman, <laughs> which I think is so hilarious because now I listen to Randy Newman all the time. In the 70s, he was actually, like, really damn good. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was good. And I was like, wow, that's cool. It's You're like a bass circle. Randy Newman. Yeah, so you said bass Randy Newman. I was yeah. like, I love that. Because he apparently is a little bit on the other side of this stuff. Mm, doesn't surprise me. You can't blame him. He's old. Yeah. You know? Out of touch. Yeah, I, I would say. Is he on Twitter? I don't think he is. Should we start a battle with him? <laughs> we need to pick who we're going to have the really good rivalries with. Like, I still want you to go after everyone on The View. That who, still has the Celtics-Lakers kind of... Rivalry. I mean, obviously, we need to criticize the view. We need to we need to criticize Whoopi. Hold them accountable. I feel like hold them accountable to the public because they're letting us down. You know, the public has a right to know, and I feel like the view is misinforming us. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's actually dangerous misinformation. Dangerous. Yeah, it's all flipping. Yeah. We were dangerous information two years ago, and now it seems like all these heart attacks, strokes, autoimmune disorders. True. Uh, seems like that might be the dangerous misinformation. Talking about that clot shot. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, promoting, they're promoting the clot shot. These... Remember when you couldn't even say it like two years ago? Couldn't even yeah. talk about the shot potentially being dangerous. You get banned from everything. Right. Wow. Things are changing. A lot of people are dying, unfortunately. True. As a result of the liars, the dishonest people, the demons, the globalist scumbags, the um, Aleister Crowley worshippers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of accidental Aleister Crowley worshippers, you know. We don't even know. Because they worship him by proxy through their Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to... This is basically the view for uh, the woke, man. We're the true woke. Mm -hmm. How else do you think we afforded this yacht? <laughs> God rains money on you when you choose the right path. You think we're the new view? We're the new view. Yeah. We might have to change the name to that. The Radicalized Podcast. Cast is actually already taken to a degree. Right. We had it first, but then a liberal group got together and they have the Radicalized podcast. And I've watched a little, we should try to debate them at some point. Mm -hmm. I've watched some of their episodes. Ooh, like they're still talking about Trump and how much they hate him now. We're not going to have a studio audience comprised of middle aged women in masks, seal clapping to propaganda, though. We're not going to have the ladies in the audience dancing like on the Ellen DeGeneres show. We're going a different way with the daytime programming. Mm -hmm. It's much more Charlie Rose without the sexual harassment. I love that. Sort of a Tom Snyder kind of. You remember Tom Snyder sort of uh, vibe or Dick Cavett. Can we still do like um, laugh tracks and like yeah, canned studio laughter? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people slipping on banana peels. That's the kind of shit. <laughs> We're gonna have Walmart fights, of course. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like Walmart that. fights has been a very successful segment for me and my broadcast casting career nice people like seeing people uh in their most primal states and, and at walmart 
they're in the most primal state. It's oh, yeah. survival. It's the modern day hunting and gathering. Mm-hmm. I feel it every time I walk. They're foraging. There. They're foraging for goods, but meanwhile, it's in an unnatural setting with the artificial fluorescent lighting. Yep. You know, and it just sort of it gets to people. Emotions run high in Walmart. <laughs> Emotions run high in Walmart. Every time I leave Walmart, I'm leaving. I'm walking faster than when I got there. And leaving with a little piece of your soul gone. Oh, yeah, it's back there with them. Yeah. Do the self checkout. You know. Fine. But save a ton of money from not supporting local businesses. We save a ton of money from ruining the American economy, yes. gutting it like a Gordon yes. Gecko kind of. But we lose the money in the in the grand scheme of things in that scenario. I'm enjoying the 30% income tax and capital gains stuff. I'm enjoying all that. That's why I can't have a real job. I can't give them 30%. So you're saying as a as a billionaire, would you be willing to pay more? Because you, you think you should be taxed more in order to help the Black Lives Matter uh, donation fund? and, and I'm a big fan of, I guess, Ron Paul's tax plan, which I think is what they're pushing for, right? This this uh, higher sales tax, no income tax. Wasn't that kind of his fair tax gist? No more income tax, no capital gains. The rich will still have to buy. Obviously, we're going to keep buying yachts. This is something we're just into. Right. We'll pay that extra 30% on the yachts on... Uh, our podcast, for example, it'll be instead of two seventy nine ninety nine per month, it'll be like three, like three sixty or something with the with the with the sales taxes. We're gonna obviously tack that on to you guys. No hard feelings. We gotta we gotta get ours. But I think at the end, I think the economy would be saved if we would just drop the income tax. Well, I think if we abolished the Federal Reserve, that'd be nice. No more printing the fiat currency go back to the gold standard i would like that is that in is it consideration i don't know if kevin mccarthy is going to be taking that on in this congress doesn't seem like it i don't even know if that's possible i would be surprised point. are we laundering money through ukraine oh clearly <laughs> i mean that's going on does everybody know that yet um i hope so i mean 111 billion dollars in foreign aid within the last year from the americans to Zelensky, the man who played the piano with his penis did he because America is a shining city on the hill. You can only hit one note at a time with your penis, can't you? It depends how you approach it, I guess. I'm not going to try. You can't play beautiful chords with your penis. No. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons we don't like Zelensky. The piano is not to be played with your penis. No. Randy Newman never did it that way. <laughs> I've never seen Randy Newman do that. No. And he's a great <laughs> piano player. Shout out to Randy. We don't want you to be on our bad side, Randy. We know you're watching this. You watch them all. I'm, we're peers with Randy Newman now because I'm back on Twitter. I'm back in the mainstream. Maybe we could get Randy Newman here to do a jam session. That would be amazing. For our next theme song. He's great at theme songs. He is. He is. He is. Oh, have you heard the Welcome that. Back Hotter theme song? I have not. Am I going to be hearing from like the David Geffen estate or something if I play this? Or I think we're allowed to play about 15, 20, 30 seconds of it. Okay. Well... We'll just give you a few seconds of the Welcome Back, Hotter, because this is kind of how I feel. Welcome Back, Hotter was a show. You might see it in reruns now. It's about a guy going back to, like, his old inner city high school and becoming a teacher. Welcome back to the same old place that you laughed about. The names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. 
So you had your finger on the pulse of old music, TV. I grew up in a culture that was very fatuous here in modern America. I don't know what the word means. Um, not very serious, you know, um, not very highbrow, more middle brow, low brow kind of culture that we grew up here yeah, with the television. Yeah. And more and more so every day. Oh, yeah, clearly it's going in that direction. And we're trying to get back to that high Welcome brow. Back Hotter was like Shakespeare compared to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race or some of the things that you might see now on the tube. Which is why next time I'm here with you, I'm going to be wearing not just a Titleist hat, which is golf is a very expensive sport. I'm going to be wearing a blazer as well. Okay. Because we're taking this thing. I see that same vision. We want Dick Cavett type vibe. Sure. We want classy talk mm-hmm. show, the new view, the better view. The better view. The true view. But much more like the Ed Sullivan show or maybe like Jack Parr. Jack Parr's Tonight Show, I think, is kind of what we're going for. See, how do you know all this stuff? Because, again, I, I grew up uh, saturated in a culture of um, entertainment, television, programming. You know, a lot of that stuff, by the way, was driven by Operation Mockingbird. Not too good. Really? To absorb too much of that. So yeah. you picked up on that when you were pretty young. I did, yeah. I could tell that my teachers in elementary school, I felt, wanted to genocide me. No way. It was pretty obvious. They could tell you were different. They could tell that I was somebody who was going to be on the other side of them, you know, as the years go on. I think I had the same damn curse. Yeah. They pick up on it. Like, this little, this little bastard's got his own mind going on, and we don't like it. But if I saw those ladies nowadays out on the street, you know, wearing their mask you know, scolding people for not wearing a mask or something like that. I wouldn't even give them the time of day. I would avoid them. I'd be like, get away from me. Meanwhile, society felt that it was in my best interest to lock me in a room with with those people every day. Mm. And for those people to tell me that somehow I was bad, you know, my ideas were not right. That's scary. That's a scary thought, man. I'll be homeschooling, that's for sure. Yeah. And I get criticism from a all kinds of people for that i'm like come on use your brain here i'm not i'm not trusting some wacko to teach my child anything no sorry maybe she won't know uh, her abc's till she's 15 16 big whoop you know they talked about arming the teachers you see some of these teachers yeah no thanks i don't know if if you want to be adding more arms to that situation maybe like a, a security guard who's you know a professional right wing right-wing security guard to maintain order. But I don't know if arming the teachers is necessarily the way to go in a school setting. I genuinely don't trust left-wing people with firearms. I feel like... Um, and they say that about right-wing, but no, 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 no. They're the ones that can't be trusted with firearms. Well, there's a lot of mental instability on the left. I That's for like. sure. I feel like there's a lot of daddy issues, a lot of personal loathing and resentment. And they hate God. They, they don't, yeah, they don't like him. Why? <laughs> Why? How did this happen? <laughs> I mean, God made everything. It's, you know, it's kind of beautiful. It's kind of a beautiful world. Yeah, it is a beautiful world. I love it. I think it's a fantastic place to be. I think God is so obvious. And it seems like they're, this culture, I think more than any other, really does not believe in God, doesn't consider God. It's very, very strange. The complexity of our circulatory system, for instance, or the cyclical nature of the seasons, the sun coming up in, you know, during the day, the moon coming up at night, these sorts of things prove the existence of God, whether it's water, you know, uh, causing the vegetation to grow, 
we get protein from meat. We, you know, we have dominion over the animals. It seems obvious that this was designed by a benevolent creator. And yet the purple haired freaks who are teaching the children, okay, the learned elders in our society, um, they don't seem to like him very much at all. And we don't know why. We don't have our, that's one thing we're not tapped into. We don't know why they hate God. They're mad at themselves. A lot of their politics comes from their own self-loathing, their own feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. And sort of, you know, they see like, um, like a like a high school football quarterback cheerleader kind of archetype. They see that as their enemy, because that represents normalcy. And in high school, they felt like they were abnormal, and so they want to get back at the normal um, images in our in our society, in our culture. Like they, they hate the suburban Norman Rockwell kind of American dream. They hate the beautiful, happy people. Because they see themselves as being inferior. Yeah. And there's definitely something to do with the, uh, the poison and all the water and food. Oh, and definitely. The atmosphere, whatever they're dropping off. And then the Chemtrails. constant brainwash from all angles of everything mainstream. Yeah. Pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Endless evil, endless denial and, Denial of God and inversion. It's full of lies. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. yeah, it's sad. I don't think I've ever helped one. Ever. A leftist? Yeah. Um, you know, they need to repent, I think, before they get the grace. That's probably damn true, and that's that's got to be hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just got lucky that we didn't go through a big, big anti-God freak show purple hair phase. Phase. Yeah. yeah, even to me as a little kid, it's like, oh, yeah, God made this. That makes sense. Very sure. simple. It's mm-hmm. just simple. What is God? Then it gets complicated. Who knows? It's it's complicated. But it's obvious that we're intelligently designed. Very obvious. Look yeah. at our eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Look at these beautiful blues. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. I mean, look at this yacht that he blessed us with. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a view of all life. of Venice Beach there. It's the good life, as Ye said. Yeah, he gets it. He's a he's a big old God boy. Strange that they would allow such a uh, a fan of God to be so popular. Or did he just get a point get to the point where they couldn't stop him? He was already too popular. I think they couldn't stop him after a while, but they certainly tried in recent months. They've certainly tried to stop him. Then they tried it again years ago with the whole like he's crazy, he's lost his mind thing. He said that his mom was a sacrifice. Implying that they were trying to send him some kind of message when his mother died. Mm. I believe that. When you're in that realm, you're talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars floating around and that kind of influence on the youth. Uh, it's obvious they're going after the youth at all times. That's yeah. the most important battle. Right. And he really does influence a lot of those young, uh, thuggish types to start thinking more about God and maybe making money and contributing. They don't want that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They don't want them all to end up on yachts doing podcasts. No. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. God, if there were more the new views like ours, yes. we'd be living in utopia. Right. We'd be waving to the neighbors over there as they're doing their cast. Right. <laughs> Just an echo chamber of we peace and love. We can all be the view. We can all be the new view. That's what we're See, trying to inspire. Yeah. yeah. This is our view. I mean, their view is is clouded by cynicism and untruth. Yeah. Make your own view. We have a clear view. Exactly. Yeah. 
find what the view is to you in your life. <laughs> what does the view mean to you? Take your own little group of friends circle, sit in some way that's typically around right. in, in a circle or a half circle. And yell your own emotional half-formed opinions at each other yes, yes, with yes. very little regard for the audience's enjoyment level. Yes. That's what the view is. Fundamentally, that is the view model. And it works. Take a few people, a small handful of people who know almost nothing, and have them yell at each other in a way that is just completely repulsive to the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what works. That's the million-dollar idea in media nowadays, apparently. And we want, they want unhealthy, unhappy women in mm -hmm. their audience. Yeah. Women, that's something we could talk about to exhaustion. They've done the same thing that they're working on the kids with to the women. Women, I would say 90% of like marriages, it seems like, at least the ones I've experienced and seen in my life, a woman leaves the man because she like thinks she's missing out on something. They've like convinced the modern woman that she's missing like passion and all these things. <laughs> and anybody with a brain knows that passion is like a fleeting feeling that leads to intimacy, which leads to procreation a new life children that sort of thing and then the child becomes the sacred thing that you kind of give your life to today's women don't realize that and they keep looking for like this passion it's like most divorces the woman leaves the man for like some loser at work or something because like he looked at her a certain way and like oh i miss that really it's really strange right all my friends are divorced and it's all the women left them i think that i have a lovely girlfriend you know and I think that there's a lot of women now who are younger who are going back in the in the way of um, not wanting to be on OnlyFans, for instance. Not That's wanting rare. to live that way. That is so rare. You think the OnlyFans is becoming more and more ascendant. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like every, not even all good-looking, like every good-looking and, and not good-looking girl over 18 is given a shot. Charlie Sheen didn't want his daughter to be on OnlyFans, and then Denise Richards was like, I'll be on OnlyFans too with her. You know, that's a betrayal right there. Oh my God. She represents the kind of women that I'm seeing. Maybe I just need to get out more. Spend too much time on these damn super yachts. Spend some time on the super... You, you, you're out here living like um, a recluse. The women that are sent in our direction, you know, Andrew Tate's always sending women over. Um... <laughs> I guess they're like the, they want sugar daddies, so I'm, I have an unfair model to, to gauge women by, because I don't, I only meet supermodels who are super, you know, wealthy and have millions of Instagram followers. The Instagram branding thing, I mean, I didn't know there was that many face creams. We're not getting in on any of this Instagram sponsorship, though. Mm. We're for the view. Well, we just started. This is a whole new chapter for us. This is true. Because now I only live... I don't use face cream, so I wouldn't know how to really market it very well. Yeah. we got to find other stuff to sell. Right. There's got to be something that we know about that we can sell. Expertise and wisdom. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We could get everyone that truly ending up on yachts with their own most expensive... Don't, don't make your podcast more expensive than ours, because currently it is the most expensive in the world. Good. And I will prove that. I will drop in the, the uh, Patreon link over this, and you'll see... It's expensive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to cost you. Well, this is an aspirational lifestyle. We're trying to get people to aspire to be uh, the yacht view. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be a mega yacht. I mean, no. you could even do 
a three thousand dollar houseboat somewhere. It's just about being near the water, soaking up the sun. I like the water quite a bit. It's very there's something to it. But women like the water. They're I think they're attracted to this kind of boater off the grid lifestyle. Yeah. I used to have good luck with it. Because society is declining. Whereas our parallel society are, you know, breaking away from the normal culture. I think that's the future. Yeah. I feel that. And everyone out here in Venice represents that. And our listeners represent that. So you're going to hear more from us. Be sure to follow Patrick back on Twitter since you've, uh, you may not have seen that he's back. Holy reporter. Howley Reporter. That's H-O-W-L-E-Y, if you can't fucking spell. And the Radicalized Podcast, he's going to be one of the hosts um, from now on. He's got a lot to say. He's a funny boy. Better than Whoopi Goldberg. Far better. Um, thinner than Whoopi Goldberg. Far thinner. <laughs> Far insightful, I think. Oh, yeah. We're not going to be – we're not going to bullshit. We're not going to push – no. Uh, be overweight and, you know, no, no, no. get on as many drugs as you can. We're going to push a nice, clean lifestyle with exercise, proper diet, um, non-alcoholic beers. I'm too, I'm almost three weeks stone sober. For those of you who know me, you can't even believe it. It's true. Well, thank you all. We'll see you very soon with an even wilder episode on an even bigger boat.